Tanya for the 15th of Eloba first the story. When Yaakov Yitzchak, the, who was later on going to become the Chaisa of Lublin, when he was a young man, he traveled to the Magid Amesh, and he arrived for the first time on Erev Shabbos on Friday, and he went straight to the cook, whoever was going to cook the food where, where the students of the Magid were studying, and he told them, he said, my custom is to be involved in the preparation of the fish for Shabbos, and I, I intend to keep this minhag, and therefore he took any random piece of fish, he salted it, he prepared it, and then he put it down into the big pile of fish. The other students of the Magid, they didn't know who this young man was, but they, they saw his behavior and they, they, were, they were rather disappointed. They said, whoever this young man is, he's very, he's very sure of himself that this fish, this fish is going to somehow make its way to him. And, you know, they, 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 they believed him to be just, you know, overly pretentious. And so they, they were wondering about this fish. One of the students of the Magid, the author of the Tanya, the Balatanya, he was he was more he was curious. He actually wanted to see what would, what was actually going to happen with, with this fish. And so he went to the fish and he tied a little piece of string around the corner of the fish. And then it came Shabbat, time to actually serve the fish. And he watched the fish very carefully to see what was going to happen. And he noticed that the waiters were walking around giving the different pieces of fish to the, each person. And the fish that this young Yaakov Yitzchak had prepared went to the person right next to him. Right next to Yaakov Yitzchak, next to the young Chazal Leblin. The man picked up the fish, about to eat the fish, and suddenly he began trembling, and he dropped the fish, and the fish landed in the plate and then moved to the side right in front of the Chazal. And the Chazal picked up the fish and ate the fish. And he realized that this piece of fish was exactly the fish that he prepared. It went all back into the big collection and still managed to make its way to him. And, he, and the Altarab already realized that this young man was a special man. He wasn't just a a, pretent- a pretentious person. The Tanya is we're in the middle of chapter 15. And we're talking, we, yesterday we talked about the ability for us to understand the spheres is because we have this part of godliness within ourselves, how God created the world, is within our soul. And even a lowly soul, especially a high soul, has spheres inside of them, has this, these attributes inside of, inside of them. Now, the mistake you might make is you say, well, and I'll tell is going to deal with it at a great length. I'm just setting this up. You might say, well, you know, we have a tiny little amount of the spheres inside of us. And, you know, it's much, much larger with God. But in a small level, we have the attributes Hashem's spheres inside of us. And I'll is going to say there's no true correlation between Hashem's spheres as they truly are and the way that it is inside of ourselves. And I'll is going to go and explain it at a great length. We need a preface. This that I heard from the Magid and from the Pasuk. Avram Avinu said, I am dust and ashes. That's a very strange way to phrase. You know, you want to explain how lowly you are, saying I'm dust and saying I'm ashes is a very, very interesting way of phrasing it. Says the, says the Magid, it's not by chance that, that Avram Avinu described himself, himself as dust and ashes. Avinu's way of expressing his godliness was through the first of the spheres, Chesed. Avram Avinu was a person who did extreme kindness to everyone that he, that he dealt with in his life. He was extremely kind and extremely um, 
chesed oriented, let's call it. And this chesed was Avramavino's hallmark. And he said about his chesed, in spite of the fact that he does chesed, he says, I am dust and ashes. You might think, and to such a degree was his chesed that he became like a chariot. The chariot has absolutely no will of its own. The chariot doesn't decide, well, you know, the horse is going right, I'll just go left. No, the chariot has to do exactly what the horse, Avram Avinu's chesed and his nullification to God was to such a degree, he was called a chariot. You might think, a person might think that Avraham Avinu, who was the greatest personification, he was the greatest example of what chesed looks like in this world. And his chesed was so great that, like we just mentioned, he was like a chariot. You might say, okay, well, God's um, um, attribute of kindness is extremely great, extremely wide, extremely powerful. And Avraham Avinu had, you know, 1% of 1% of 1%, you know, a fraction, because Avraham Avinu was a, a human being. And God's one is, is just a lot, lot greater than God's chesed is a lot greater than Amarvinu's chesed. And we know about Hashem's chesed. Hashem's chesed is one of his attributes. And Hashem's attributes are entirely connected with Hashem. So you might think, well, God's infinite. Okay, I get it. Amarvinu was a finite human being in this world. So... You know, there's a correlation. There's some form of degree that Avraham Avinu connects to Hashem's chesed. And it's just a lot, 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 lot less because God is infinite and Avraham Avinu is finite in this physical world. But the the truth of the matter is, Avraham Avinu was saying about himself that my chesed I have is nothing compared to God's. So there's no correlation. There's no crossover. It's not even a percentage of percentages. There's no percentages. There's no numbers that could, that could explain how far removed God's chesed is from the chesed Avraham Avinu has in this life. But Amma, and to this degree, this is what Avraham Avinu was trying to say, and I am dust and ashes. When you have ashes, let's say, for example, you take a piece of a tree and you have a board, you have a piece of wood, a branch, and you burn that branch, and that branch is now dust and ashes. So let's split apart what actually happens when a person burns something in order to turn it into ashes. Avram said, I'm ashes. What does that mean? So you have a branch, and in the branch you have fire, the life that flows through the tree, very little of it, but something. You have the water, the water made the made the, the branch um, grow, and you know, you open up a branch and you do see there's some moisture, some liquid, and some water inside. You have the wood, the 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 air, and you have the earth. The, the within the wood is fire, water, air, and earth. What happens when you burn it is you get rid of the the fire leaves, the water, and the air leave, and all that's remained is the earth. And the earth just goes downward. That that's the ashes that we that we have. 
So when a person looks at a tree, the majority of that tree is the actual earth of it. That's what enables it to have its its width, its height, its 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 dimension as a as a branch, as a piece of wood. It's coming from the earth, and there is fire, and there is water in it, and there is air and oxygen inside of it as well. And when a person burns it, well, they get rid of everything but the actual, you know, um, shadow, let's call it, of the earth that remains. And what happens is when a person burns it, it, it the earth stays, but the earth loses its, its functionality. And now there's the earth, in a, in the most like lowly low, lowest of level without absolutely anything else connected to it and now it's ash now a person might look at that they say well majority of that tree was that was earth there was you know the the water the fire and the air has been has been left fire being burned and you say well the the tree before the tree was burnt and after the tree was burnt well it's, it's pretty much the same thing no one rational person when they see a little a pile of dust compared to a branch they'll say it's the same thing it's compli- completely different there's no correlation between the branch and the the burnt remaining the ashes even though the earth part of that tree which was the lion's share of it anyway still remains so Aravino said the same correlations with me. The same way when you look at that branch and you look at the ash and you say, well, oh, it's earth and earth. You know, that that's pretty much the same thing. No one, no rational person will say. In fact, they'll say there's no correlation between the ashes and that branch. Now that it's burnt, it's entirely separate. There is no, there's, just, there's no, there's no percentage of the ash that came. No, the ash is dead. The ash is gone. It's, it's nothing connected. It might have some representational or relativeness, you know, um, not relative is the wrong word, but representation, let's call it, from the, what it originally used to be. But there's no correlation between the two. One's a pile of ash and one is an actual living tree, a piece of wood, a, a piece of a tree. Avravina said the exact same thing. I have chesed in my life. And yes, Avravina's chesed came from chesed of Atzillus. It's the highest form of chesed that we know of in Revelation, let's call it. Avravina said, in spite of the fact that I have chesed inside of me, I am like dust and ashes. My chesed is absolutely no representation and no no correlation or relativeness to godly chesed, which is absolutely unlimited, which is godly. Said, the only th- connection that, that my chesed has, which was, that was Avramrinos cornerstone attributes, he said the only correlation is the same correlation that a person might have between a, a pile of ashes and a beautiful tree. He said, Oh, there's, there's the connection. No rational person will say there's any form of connection. Avramrinos says, That's the type of chesed I have in my life. Just like that, that's natural compared to a beautiful, wonderful tree that's beautiful to eat. That's the godly um, 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 attribute of chesed. 
And even in that analogy, that analogy is only that's just a trillion, billion, thousands of degrees of separation between what truly is going on with Avram Vinus Chesed and godly Sphere of Chesed. The analogy of the ashes versus the tree is 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 so far removed. But we use that na- analogy, and Avram Vinu used that analogy in the Torah. Why It was like a, a real a metaphor. The Torah speaks in human ways, so we can understand our ears can hear things, and yeah, we say, okay, we get it a little bit. So Avram used that Marshall said, you know, I'm like dust and ashes, even though in truth, even dust and ashes are not even an appropriate explanation to explain the correlate the the the, the connection between Avinu's chesed and the chesed that actually goes in Hashem. So in summary, yesterday we spoke about the ability for us to understand godliness, the godless spirits, because we have that sphere in some form within ourselves. Says Al-Tareba, qualifying what we said yesterday and says, Slow down a little bit. Even Avinu, who is the best appropriate example for Chesed in this world, his Chesed, Avinu himself testified, is absolutely no relativeness to the godly sphere of Chesed. So, though we try to understand our best, it's not even a fair. Nothing we can really do is understand it. Because if Avinu could had no correlation to Chesed, we definitely have no correlation to Chesed at all. Thanks so much for joining us. Anyone else needs to push? Have a wonderful and very successful day. Thanks so much for joining.